This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. I am your host, Art Wiederman. I'm a partner at the CPA firm of HMWC CPAs and Business Advisors in the city of Tustin, California, in Southern California, in Orange County, uh, probably about 15 minutes from Disneyland. And we are now about four weeks into the COVID-19 pandemic, which has not only shut down the vast majority of dental practices in the United States, but has pretty much shut down a good chunk of our economy. And uh, today's show is being recorded on Sunday, April 12th uh, in the late afternoon. It will go up on the internet on Wednesday morning, April 15th. And I was thinking about that this morning. And uh, right now, if it were, if there were not a pandemic and they had not extended the tax filing deadlines, I might have been in my office finishing up the last extensions and getting ready for uh, Wednesday to shut the office down early and uh, uh, celebrate the end of another tax filing season. Uh, but this is a tax filing season that is not like any other of the 43 tax filing seasons I've been through. I started doing taxes, actually 44, this is 44. I've started doing taxes when I was a teenager, a senior in high school working for an accounting office. And uh, it's been a long, long run. And uh, But this year has been like no other, of course. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you a little bit of an update on taxes because there was some new news. Uh, but what I'm going to spend the majority of the program talking about are the two loan programs that everybody is paying attention to that I've gotten tons and tons of questions about uh, that I've l- given. Uh, I think I'm up to 10 or 11 webinars that I've given to various dental groups, to thousands of dentists uh, all over California and across the country uh, in, in talking about uh, what are your options to uh, to get involved with these SBA programs? So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a minute. I'd like to give you some information to start off with. First of all, if you want to get a hold of me at my uh, uh, get a hold of me via email, uh, you can get a hold of me at artweederman at gmail dot com. And I have gotten oh my goodness. Dozens and dozens and dozens of emails from many of you all over the country asking for some of the resources we have. And I'm going to give you a link to get to some of our resources that we have that are really going to help you, including a PPP calculator. Uh, so, uh, and I've answered, I think, virtually every one of them. So if you want to get a hold of me, ask a question, you need something, you need a referral, uh, be happy to give it to you at uh, artweederman at gmail.com. Call my office, uh, 714-505-9000, and um, you can actually leave me a message. And I have finally figured out how to get my messages from my office phone on my computer, which is a big deal for me. Um, you know, turning on the computer many days is a big deal for me, but I, I figured that out. So I'll get my messages, and if, uh, if I can get back to you, I will. Um, our partner... 
in this podcast. We have two of them. The first one is an amazing magazine called uh, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine. It is a clinical-based magazine, uh, which has the top clinical uh, articles, information, references, advisory board, a who's who of uh, clinical dentistry in the world. Um, it, it's an amazing magazine. They have great uh, continuing education products uh, that you can use, and now's a good time to get your CE caught up. Uh, go to www.decisionsindentistry.com and uh, you can see all the great things you have on there. And if you want to be added to our uh, uh, email list, uh, there's a link on the right side of the page to get to that. Uh, and finally, folks, if there is any time in your life that I believe you should be working with a dental-specific CPA, uh, like myself, I, I'm very proud of the work we do at our office with the close to 300 dentists that we work with. Uh, but uh, if, if there's any any time that you need this, the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. We are 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over 9,000 dentists. And I will tell you that we have been blogging and we have been talking and we have had Zoom meetings with close to 100 participants and we have been on top of this. I have never, ever met a group of men and women who are as dedicated professionals and want to help the dental profession as the folks that work for these 24 CPA firms. They are unbelievable. Our president, Alan Schiff, has been the spokesperson on the AD, uh, the American Dental Association webinars that have gone out to tens of thousands of dentists. Um, he's amazing. Everybody in our group is amazing. And we are just very, very proud to be, I'm very proud to be a member of this group. And, uh, a special thanks to Michael Graham and Megan Mortimer from the American Dental Association. Uh, these two individuals have gone above and beyond to work with the Academy of Dental CPAs. Uh, Michael is the government, uh, government affairs and policy director, uh, uh, government, government affairs and policy director for the ADA vice president. Megan is the congressional lobbyist. So she has a direct pipeline, uh, to the congressmen and senators and the White House. And she is advocating. Michael is advocating. And I will tell you folks, your American Dental Association is trying as hard as they possibly can to be the voice of the dental profession in Washington uh, during these times that we have stimulus packages and law changes. Um, and, and and having gotten to know Megan and Michael uh, through this process has been just an incredible, incredible experience to see what they're trying to do for the dental profession. And I'm going to be reading you a letter that the ADA wrote to our congressional leaders here in a minute. So, Let's start off before we get into the loans. Let me just give you a quick tax update. Uh, I, I'd had some comic relief regarding the tax laws, uh, in that when they passed, when, when they extended the tax filing deadlines. So for those of you who may not be aware, most people are, but some of you might not be. Um, obviously the federal income tax filing and most states income tax filing deadlines would have been the date that you would be listening to this podcast if you listen to it on the date it came out, which is Wednesday, April 15th. That date has been extended for three months. So if you owe money to the IRS, uh, you do not have to file until July 15th and you do not have to pay 
until July 15th. Now, if you have a refund coming, we would encourage you to uh, go after that refund and file early because the government is not holding up uh, anything. They're not holding up refund checks. But what we did have a little confusion on were for our self-employed dentists out there, our independent contractors who are making quarterly estimated tax payments. So if you're incorporated and you're a shareholder of a C corporation or an S corporation, uh, you're probably taking a salary through payroll and you're doing withholding. So this conversation does not apply to you. Uh, what does apply uh, in this situation is if you are not a W-2 employee and you're making quarterly estimated payments. Well, in a normal year, and of course we know this is not a normal year, uh, your estimated payments would have been done, due on April 15th and June 15th, at least the first two of them. Well, uh, what what they did was they said, okay, so your first estimated payment is not due until July 15th. But your second estimated payment is due June 15th, which makes absolutely no sense. We won't even get into the reasons why it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So the IRS finally this week came out with some guidance on their website that said, yeah, you know, we, we get it. We, we did, we didn't uh, exactly put this out right. So, so now your first and second estimated tax payments are going to be due on or before July the 15th. And, <clears throat> Most of you are going to make your payments based on, uh, in an, again, in a normal year. I'll probably use that term about 10 times during this podcast, say, in a normal year. In a normal year, you would normally pay in uh, either 90% of your current year's liability or 110% of last year's to avoid a penalty. Well, uh, if I were a betting man, uh, I would guess that the virtually all of you are going to have a down year in income for 2020 as opposed to 2019. So when we get to June, June 15th, June 30th, and it's time to start looking at estimated payments, uh, we're going to have to put a crystal ball out on the table and say, well, you know, where are we? Are we back to work? If we're back to work, are people coming into the dental office? Are they staying away from the dental office? We certainly hope they will come into the dental office. And what is my tax liability going to be? So we're going to have to sit down. I sent an email to uh, my wonderful, my two partners in our dental division, Don Watson and Pam Chamberlain, and our manager, Sam William. And I said, we're going to have to set some time aside to start helping our clients figure out what are they going to make for a first and second quarter payment. We're probably not going to have them make a payment for the amount of money that uh we would normally have done, which was based on last year. So we'll have to look at that. So that's something that you need to take a look at. The other thing is the stimulus payments that they've been talking about, the cornerstone of the CARES Act. Uh, people are going to be getting $1,200 if you're a single individual making less than 75000 a year and uh, uh, $2,400 for a married couple filing a joint return if your income is less than 150000 That begins to phase out so that once your adjusted gross income for either the 2018 or 2019 tax return is uh, under, if it goes over 98000 for a single, 99000 for a single and 198000 for a married couple, uh, you will not get a check. But if you are under that, or maybe your kids are under that, maybe you, some of the gray hairs out there like myself have children who are working, 
uh, which I do, and uh, they will get, uh, you know, they might get checks. So these stimulus checks are going to go out. And if you have somebody who's looking for one of these stimulus checks uh, and they have not filed a tax return, uh, there is actually a way you can go on to the um, treasury.gov's website and IRS's website. And they are actually going to be setting up a portal for you to put in your information. Now, if you have filed your tax returns and you have filed them electronically, uh, the IRS has already got your information. If you haven't done direct deposit on a refund, uh, there is a, a source through these websites that you can put this in. But they are going to try and send out as many of these payments as possible. Uh, I believe I read on the Internet that uh, some of them actually have gone out in the last couple of days. But the government is going to start sending some of this money out here in the coming week, the week of uh, April 13th. So for those of you who might be underneath this limitation, uh, you might get a check. It will not be taxable to you, and it will uh, be intended to uh, help you spend some money to buy some food. And, you know, because we have an unemployment right now that is – Oh, I mean, they say it's 12 or 13 percent. There have been um, almost 17 million people in three weeks have filed for unemployment. And that is a scary, scary number. But uh, and it's going to go up. It's probably not going to go down. So uh, let us hope and pray that we all get back to work soon. But it is what it is. And we will uh, work through it. I have a motto, everybody. That uh, it's five words, and I've been using it with all of my webinars and the seminars I've given and with my clients. Failure is not an option. We are going to get through this together, and the dental profession has pulled together. All the professionals have pulled together. We've all been talking. So, okay, with that, let's start talking about these loan programs, and where are we now? Again, today we're on recording on April the 12th. And April the 12th, uh, this will be up on the internet on April the 15th, this coming Wednesday. So we do have updates, and we have a big update from what we talked to you about last week. But let's start off with the first program, which was the EIDL program. This was the program that we, as you recall, we talked about last week and the week before. You applied directly through the SBA's website at www.sba.gov. And they streamlined the process a couple of weeks ago and you spent about 15 minutes. You put in information and, uh, you said, yes, I want a $10,000 grant, uh, up to a $10,000 grant. That has been uh, clarified a little bit, which we'll get to in a second. And you got a 10 digit confirmation number. Well, the CARES Act said that this grant, whether you uh, were approved for this loan or not, uh, was supposed to be paid to you within three days of uh, the time that you applied. Well, to my knowledge, nobody has received any of this money. And what has happened is that the EIDL and emergency programs, which have been in the in you know in the laws for years, uh, they're there for hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes to to help people rebuild uh, and, and to get money to rebuild. Well, it was never ever intended for what this <laughs> has become the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic and. So what they've done is they've done a couple of things. We had a couple of clients, we had several clients who got letters uh, basically saying that they were going to receive on top of their grant, they were going to receive up to 
$15,000 in working capital through the IDLE program. So if you dig it out a little further uh, and you start looking a little bit more into the website, here are a couple things that have happened. Number one, the government has basically limited the amount of money they're going to pay on the IDLE program, the EIDL, to the grant amount. Now, the grant amount is also now limited. Uh, they have basically indicated, and this was on um, through the Massachusetts office of the SBA, uh, they're going to be limited to $1,000 per employee. So that $10,000 idle grant, uh, if you are a an independent contractor and you are the only employee of your corporation, looks like you might get $1,000. If you have a dental practice and you have five employees, looks like you might get $5,000. If you have 30 employees, you might get the whole Ten thousand dollars, but this this program is way oversubscribed. And the other thing that they that they've done is they basically these letters that our clients started getting, basically talking about fifteen thousand dollars in additional working capital. And what they've indicated on their website is that they are going to limit the maximum amount of these loans that do not require collateral. Remember, these loans were indicated indicated to have. You know, no personal guarantees under a certain amount and no collateral. Well, they've, they've capped it at $25,000 because remember, folks, that when a government program is set up, they just can't spend as much money as they want. A certain amount is appropriated by Congress to these programs. And obviously, the amount of money that was appropriated to the EIDL program is not anywhere near the amount of money that people are looking for. So, it does not look like, and, and by the way, it's twenty five thousand dollars without a personal guarantee, without collateral, and uh, two hundred thousand dollars would require a personal guarantee. So I, I'm not expecting to see a whole lot of idle money coming out soon because the SBA is spending the majority of their time on the PPP program, which is the the gist of of what everybody has been talking about. Uh, so those are the two updates. The updates for the idle are that $1,000 per employee is probably what you're looking at for the $10,000 grant and uh, probably no more than an additional $15,000 in working capital money. But, but folks, if you get that money, you can spend it on business expenses. You can spend it on uh, you can spend it on payroll. You can spend it on accounts payable. You can spend it on debts and loan payments. What you can't spend it on is you can't buy equipment with it. You can't refinance debt with it. Um, it's interesting in the law, you're not allowed to use the idle money to repair property or to replace property that is in such disrepair that you have to replace it. I just read that this morning. I didn't realize that there's so many nuances in, in these laws. And if you did have an EIDL loan, Prior to uh, April 3rd, and uh, you used it for payroll, you have to add it into the PPP loan. I don't think that's going to apply to any of you because, and again, we have uh, our Academy of Dental CPAs group. Uh, we've been meeting and blogging, and there's uh, 9,000 plus dentists. Um, uh, which is a lot of dentists and no, none of our members, uh, have said, Oh, my client got, um, idle money. I got an idle loan before April 3rd. So I don't think this is, is, is going to apply. So that's the update on the idle. I'm going to spend the, the vast majority of the, the time we have left together today 
with uh, in, in talking about the the PPP loan, the Payroll Protection Program loan program, or the Payroll Protection Program. Uh, this was a program that came into the the law by the from the CARES Act, which is the the um, the two point two trillion dollar stimulus program that. Uh, Congress passed and the president signed on March 27th. Boy, does that seem like a long time ago. And what it did is it added Section 36 to the Section 7A of the SBA rules called the Payroll Protection Program. And I will take a short amount of time because I've, I've been through this the last couple of times on the podcast. But this is intended to put workers back to work. And what it is, is you do a calculation. It's done through your bank. It's not done through the SBA website like the EIDL. It's done through your bank. Uh, you go ahead and you do a calculation, which basically is how much were your payroll costs uh, in your dental practice. You can either use the last 12 months from before you applied, but most people and the government has agreed um, are using calendar 2019 numbers. So you take your payroll costs, uh, you take out any payroll costs in excess of $100,000 for any employee, including yourself, the owner. Uh, you can add into that retirement plan contributions and uh, health insurance payments uh, for you and your employees. You can add into that the state employer portion of payroll taxes, but not the federal portion. Uh, and then you come up with a number for the year. And that number you divide by 12 and multiply by two and a half. And that's the amount of the loan you apply for. If you need resources, by the way, everyone, uh, go to our website, which is www.h mwccpa.com or just email me at um, artweederman at gmail.com and we will uh, get you to these resources and the resources we have on our website we have our coronavirus page and it's got all the articles that I've written for the dental profession including the articles that other of our partners have written uh, about other parts of the the law uh, there have been other parts of the law that have been updated, net operating losses and other things. But for for this, I've been focusing on the uh, EIDL and PPP. We also have a, a really good uh, PPP calculator that actually adds. It's on Excel. You can uh, download it. You can do a save as. And then you can play with it to your heart's content and uh, figure all this out. I also have a wonderful uh, tool I've been using and helping, uh, you know, give to my clients, which is a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, which will help you figure out how much money you need for 30, 60 and 90 days, estimate how much you're going to be short, estimate how much you need personally. And that'll give you an idea of how much money you need to apply for. And again, if you want the, the links, go to our website, www.hmwccpa.com, or just email me and we'll, we'll get you that information. This is, this is all about helping as many people as we possibly can. Okay. So now you've calculated the E, uh, the, the PPP loan amount. And there's three pieces to the PPP. The first piece is the application. That's what most of you have gone through, and that's what most of you have been working on and you've applied. Many of you have applied. Some of you have not. Now, the program has $349 billion attached to it, and to my knowledge, 
Um, about we're getting close to a hundred billion of that has been spoken for. Um, and in the letter that I'm going to read you, they're saying about 66 billion has been spoken for. Um, so that's the first part. You apply. Well, what has been happening, everyone, is that these, uh, these loans are now starting to get approved. We're getting approval letters. We are actually seeing money being deposited into business owners' bank accounts. Um, I've got several clients who've gotten their approvals and, and they're now going to get the loan proceeds. So now we come to the implementation part. And this is the big change from when I spoke to you last on April the 8th. Uh, before, when I recorded the podcast on the 5th, um, we were hoping that the banks had latitude in when this money can be dispersed. Because taking a step back, once you get this money for the eight-week period from the date of the inception of the loan until uh, eight weeks pass, as long as you spend this money, let's just call it $100,000 for your dental practice. If you spend this $100,000 on uh, payroll, rent, utilities, and interest on loans that you had before February 15th, as long as 75% of this money is spent on payroll costs, and as long as you have the same number of employees on June 30th as you had on February 15th, the government is going to let you spend this 100000 on these costs, and they are not going to make you pay this money back. You're going to apply with the bank for forgiveness. You're going to basically write the bank a letter, say, here's my documentation. Here's how I spent the money. Uh, you're going to keep meticulous records, and I spent this money on everything you told me I could spend it on, and would you please give me uh, forgiveness on this loan? And that is what we're looking at. We were hoping that we could pick the time that we took the loan. We could get the approval and that the bank would say, you know, we understand that you are not open. Your dental office is not open. Your employees are sitting home. They've probably um, filed for unemployment. Some of you are continuing to pay your employees, and that that's great if you can do that. But the vast majority of the people that I've spoken to and the dentists that I've spoken with uh, have furloughed or laid off their employees, and they have filed for unemployment. And in many cases, those employees are going to, believe it or not, with the $600 a week the government's supposed to be adding to unemployment, uh, they might be making more money sitting at home than they would be working in your dental office. So so you're looking at this thing and saying, well, you know, if I get my loan approval on April 15th and they give me the money on April 20th, um, I'm not going to be open. I may be that I won't be open for six of those eight weeks if we get back on June 1st, or I might be not be open at all. And I don't really think it's a good use of that money to pay people to sit home and not work. And we can get into debates as to what the intention of the law is. The intention of the law is, is to pay people to work um, and, and give them paychecks. But what if you can't work? What if your state says you're a dentist? You can't work. You're not allowed to. It's not It's not allowed. We're not going to let you work in your dental office and be a dentist the way you've been for the last 10, 20, 30 years. So we were hoping that we had some latitude. Well, that latitude was shut down on April the 8th when um, the SBA issued in their frequently asked questions, which you can find on uh, treasury.gov. 
Uh, everything is there. Uh, they basically said that, um, that the, the new rules, question number 19, said that if you, that the bank, uh, once you are approved, has to disperse the money within 10 days of the date that the approval came. So if your approval comes on, uh, let's say it comes on April 15th, the bank is required to disperse this money on April 15th. Uh, by April 25th and within 10 days, 10 calendar days is what it says. And once they disperse it, that's when the eight week clocks run, clock starts running. And that, that was a game changer. That changed everything. Now we've got to go into decision mode. What do we do and how do we do it? Do we take the money now? Do we, withdraw our loan um, application. I mean, we're going to get to that in a second. What I want to do right now is to read you a letter that was written by the president uh, of the American Dental Association. Uh, it was signed by the president of the American Dental Association, uh, Chad Gahani, and the executive director of the American Dental Association, Kathleen T. O'Loughlin. And I'm going to read the letter to you. And just so you idea, it was dated on Saturday, April the 10th. Um, I'm sorry, it was dated Friday, April 10th. And the letter is to, uh, Speaker of the House Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, um, Majority Leader of the United States Senate, Mitch McConnell, Minority Leader of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, and Minority Leader of the United States Senate, uh, Chuck Schumer. I actually interviewed Chuck Schumer when I was 16 years old, working for a community newspaper in Brooklyn, New York. It was the first time I had ever met anybody. Chuck Schumer, I believe, was a freshman congressman. He was a very, very nice man and very engaging. And uh, that was 44 years ago. So he is now the uh, the minority leader and obviously someone who is a, a, a big name in our national political life. So here's what the letter says. Dear Speaker Pelosi, Leader McConnell, Leader McCarthy, and Leader Schumer, on behalf of our 163,000 members, the American Dental Association is writing to thank you for your strong support of small businesses across the country during the public health emergency. The Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act, CARES Act in part, seeks to help small businesses maintain employees on their payroll as well as to provide for disaster relief through the use of the Paycheck Protection Program and Economic Injury Disaster Loans, EIDL. We believe the PPP and EIDL being administered through the Small Business Administration are going to be vital in keeping dentists across the country from closing their practices. According to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, as of 2018, there are 30.2 million small businesses in this country. The CARES Act has appropriated $10 billion for idle grants and $350 billion for the PPP. While generous, we believe additional funding will be necessary to stem the closing of dental practices, as well as millions of other small businesses, which could result in massive job losses and bankruptcies. In the first few days of loans being opened for application, the SBA has already distributed $66 billion in funding, and I'll stop here. I think it's getting closer to $100 billion, and some of the projections think that the $349 billion could run out as early as the end of this week or the beginning of next week. All right, back to the letter. We strongly support the congressional efforts underway to increase funding for both the PPP and EIDL grants to the greatest extent possible. 
Additional funding for these loans will help ease the burdens many dental practices and other small businesses are facing as the pandemic continues without an end in sight. Crucial business decisions will need to be made in the coming weeks and without additional funding, we fear a return to normal will not be possible for many. We further urge Congress to help streamline the SBA loan application process as many dentists report having great difficulty in accessing available loans and grants. We would also like you to consider allowing small business dental practices to choose the eight-week period for which they seek forgiveness for the loans and rehire back staff before December 31, 2020, instead of requiring them to rehire staff by June 30, 2020, which uh, I absolutely see their point is that we may not, I hope we're back in the dental offices, but we may not be by June 30th. And if we are, are we going to be at uh, you know full staffing? Maybe, maybe not. Hopefully, yes, but time will tell. Again, back to the letter. This would allow these practices to make decisions about staffing and payroll based on when they plan to fully reopen the Occupational Safety and Health Administration classifies dental health care personnel in a, and this is in bold, very high exposure risk category. And they give a footnote which goes to the CDC's website and talks about uh, uh, all of the risks and all of the rules for dentists to practice uh, in these conditions. And the ability to fully reopen dental practices are more contingent on the ability to completely control the coronavirus pandemic in a relatively short period of time. We would welcome the opportunity to speak with you in more detail and answer any questions you have regarding these comments. Please contact Megan Mortimer, who is the young lady I was referring to earlier at uh, Mortimer at org, And it gives out the number to facilitate further discussions. Again, signed by uh, the president of the American Dental Association, uh, Dr. Chad Gahani, and the executive director of the American Dental Association, uh, Dr. Kathleen T. O'Loughlin. Um, and uh, again, I want to commend the American Dental Association for everything that they are doing to advocate for all of you. Uh, you have to remember, folks, that uh, you are 163,000 out of tens and tens of millions of workers. And remember that you have the airline industry, you have the Teamsters and the automobile industry, uh, you have the cruise ship industry, you have manufacturing, you have retail, uh, you know, retail, retail stores. Uh, malls are empty right now. Nobody's going to the mall. Uh, you have all of these humongous industries that imply, uh, you have the gig economy, you have, uh, uh, high tech, you have, you have industries that employ tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in some of these companies, uh, that, that have very, very strong lobby, um, uh, you know, lobby presence uh, on Capitol Hill. And, and again, you know, uh, Mike and Megan and all the folks at ADA are doing everything that they can to get your voice heard. Uh, but they're competing against everybody else who, quite frankly, has much larger numbers than the dentists do. So they're giving it their best shot. I can tell you that. So th- they're asking for them to change these rules. Is that going to happen? I don't know. Uh, I think if I were asked to make a prediction, probably not. But you know what? I've been wrong before, folks. <laughs> More than once in my life, I've been wrong. So let's spend the rest of our time here talking about 
what are our choices and what do we do now? So you're going to get an email from the bank. You're going to get a call from the bank that says, Dr. Wiederman, congratulations, your PPP loan for $100,000 for your dental practice has been approved. Um, and we're ready as soon as you sign the promissory note and the loan documents, whatever the bank puts in front of you. And, and by the way, before I go any further, folks, very, very important. Whatever you sign, read it carefully. If you don't understand it, give it to your attorney to read carefully because it's like any other loan document. Uh, it's other like any other legal document. You have to read it and you're signing it. And if you say, oh, well, wait a minute. I didn't think it said this. I just trusted the bank. Well, you know, you have to read the document. So read your loan documents, read your promissory notes, because there is going to be a promissory note. Because if you don't use this money, this PPP money for what it's intended, and you don't, uh, um, you don't uh, get it all forgiven, you have to pay it back over two years at 1% interest. So there's going to be a promissory note that the bank is going to give you. Read the promissory note. If it's not right, call the bank. So what are our choices? Okay, so choice number one, we get approved for the loan on April 15th. And then on April 20th, the bank says, I'm ready to give you the money. Here it is. Here's the money. Here you go. Here's $100,000. And you're going to say, well, I don't have anybody working for me. Well, you have eight weeks to submit, to spend this money. Can you spend this money? Can you give checks to your employees for $100,000 52 days into the 56-day, eight, eight-week period? Here's the problem, folks. We don't have guidance from the SBA. We don't know some of the nuances of how this works. Here's an example. So the rules say that we have to um, have at least the same number of employees on June 30th as we did on February the 15th. Well, what if I have five employees working for me on the 15th of February and one of them happens to be pregnant and they are on maternity leave on June 30th and they're not working for me. So now I have four people. And maybe I opened my dental office on June 1st, and maybe it's 60% of what it was in the past, or 70%. So we all decide from a business standpoint, we don't need the fifth person. We're going to wait when this young lady comes back from maternity leave. She's going to come back to work for us, and we'll have our five people. But that might be on August 31st. So we're not going to have the same number of employees on June 30th as we did on February 15th for a very legitimate reason, because we wouldn't have had that anyway if there wasn't a pandemic. Does that mean that I cannot be forgiven this $100,000 if I spend it for the purposes that they're intended? My answer to you is one that I hate giving, but I've been giving it more often than not in the past two or three weeks. I don't know. I don't know the rules. How do we take the $100,000 and what can we pay towards our retirement plan contributions, which is allowed to be paid? I don't know. I don't know the calculation. So there's all this guidance that we need. So 
my understanding is that that the um, the CARES Act requires Congress. I'm sorry, requires the SBA and the Treasury to provide guidance for the forgiveness part of this, no later than 30 days after the signing of the bill. So that would be April 27th. So from the date that you would be listening, the earliest date that you would be listening to this podcast, which would be Wednesday, April 15th, that would be in 12 days. And we are just starting to see approvals. So here's my recommendation. My recommendation, folks, is you get approved for the loan. Uh, you call the bank and you say, bank, I understand that I listened to this podcast. I've been reading about this and that as soon as you get the approval, you've got to give me this money in 10 days. Can I respectfully ask that you give me the money on the 10th day so that you don't lose your charter as a bank and that I have as much time as I can to get to hopefully get the guidance so that myself and my advisors can figure out how do we do this? Uh, if not, then put the money in your bank account. And folks, I'd wait a week. I mean, they have to give us guidance. I mean, it, everybody is banging the doors down. I know that Mike and Megan have been talking to the SBA. I know that others are talking to the SBA. We need to know, you know, this is their money. They're making the rules. We need to know what their rules are. And that's important that we know what their rules are. So, I would recommend that you put the money in a separate account if you choose to accept the loan. And let's wait a week and let's see what's happening. And then hopefully after a week, we can start making some decisions. If they don't give us guidance, it's just not fair. It's period. It's not fair. And they will. They know they have to give us this guidance. So choice number one is you take the loan. You deposit the money in your account. That starts the eight-week clock running. Now, in the statute, it doesn't say um, during the eight weeks uh, you have to pay the payroll. And by the way, it doesn't say in the statute you have to pay payroll the way you've been paying normal payroll. So what if you get this money on April 15th? Um, do you have to pay your first normal payroll if you pay twice a month on April 30th? Well, it doesn't say that in the law. It doesn't say when you have to pay it. It doesn't say whether the payroll has to be for a current period, a prior period, or it could be a, um, you know, a retention bonus. I mean, this is another thing that people have been talking about. Again, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that this is in the law, but you're going to have people who work for you who are going to say, you know, I've been reading and I'm just not real thrilled about coming back to work in a dental office because I'm afraid that I'm going to get this virus uh, and because of aerosols and, 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 you know, spraying and high speed hand tool, hand pieces. I mean, I'm afraid. And, and, and so, so you're going to have people uh, that are going to be saying that. And so we don't know if we're going to have all these people coming back. So we need to wait for the guidance. Okay. So you take the money, you put it in your bank account, you put it in a segregated account and, you know, where I think this is going to come down is you're not going to pull the payroll from that segregated account, by the way. What you're going to probably do is pull the payroll from your normal operating account and then calculate how much money out of the payroll is a forgivable amount. And the amount that's forgivable is the entire payroll, everything that's pulled from uh, the payroll service 
except for the employer portion of the federal taxes, which are going to be federal unemployment, FICA, Social Security, and Medicare. So you don't really want to have them pull it from the separate account because then you have to say, well, I want to keep track of it from the separate account, but uh, don't pull the federal employer payroll taxes. The payroll service won't do it. It'll become a mess. So uh, everybody I've talked to has just said, you put in a separate account, you track it. You know, if your payroll for the first two weeks, if you choose to pay the payroll in the first two weeks to your employees, put them back on the payroll is going to be $10,000 uh, minus $500 for the employee employer payroll, federal payroll taxes, then you reimburse from the PPP money $9,500, and then you've tracked it. If you start taking this money, you must meticulously, remember I talked about I can only do words that are two or three syllables? Well, I learned this word, and it's really important. Meticulous tracking of this money is critical because what's going to happen, folks, is down the road, you're going to get your accountant, you're going to get me, you're going to get one of the members of the Academy of Dental CPAs to work up a spreadsheet and show how you use this money because you want maximum forgiveness of this money. So you need to track it meticulously. So if you choose to take it now, you've got eight weeks to spend it. What are the rules? We're waiting. So I'm going to recommend to my clients that we hang on for a week and let's see what happens. Now, if your choice is going to be no matter what, I'm putting everybody back on payroll starting the day I get this money. And if it's not enough money, I'm going to pay it anyway, then just start paying payroll and make sure we track it and uh, so we can hopefully use the forgiveness rules to be forgiven this this money. Here's another option you have. If you believe that you really don't want this money right now, you want to you're afraid that the money is going to get used up before you ever open your dental office and then you're going to open your dental office and maybe you are uh you haven't uh, got the cash reserves that you need. Well, then maybe your choice is to tell the bank, no, I don't want this money. Not now. And it would be to apply and wait and see what happens. Now, what I didn't mention earlier in the podcast is that you've got uh, uh, a fourth stimulus package that is being discussed. Uh, it was supposed to be voted on in uh, on Thursday, uh, which was uh, – uh, what would that be? That would have been April the 9th. It was supposed to be voted on by the Republicans. It was to add $250 billion to the PPP program because 349 is not enough. We all know that. Well, the, the Democrats said, no, 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 we're not voting because we don't think that's enough. And they're still talking. They're still talking. The, the, the Republicans and the Democrats are still talking. There will be more money more than likely. But there's no guarantee. So the risk you take, ladies and gentlemen, is that you uh, you risk that if you wait for a month, that gets you that does get you a month closer to the opening of your dental office, uh, which would allow you to use that money, hopefully, uh, to pay employees when they're working in your dental office. Uh, that does get you a month closer, but you risk the fact that this money could run out. Now, I am giving advice to my clients, and I believe most of the members of the Academy of Dental CPAs are giving advice to their clients, that they don't, and I don't want to be the one on the other end of the phone saying, you know, Dr. Smith, 
you know, I tell you what, the government's not going to let you fail. I trust the government. So I really think that if you're worried that you want to use this money when uh, you put your people back on payroll, you put your hygienists and your front and back office um, team back on payroll, why don't you just wait? Let, let's wait till the end of April. Let's wait till May 15th. I do not want to be the advisor on the end of the phone call from Dr. Smith saying, well, all right, gee, that was great advice you gave me. Now I need this money. I'm going to open up in two or four weeks, but it's gone. There's no more money. And folks, remember that it's not just you. It's businesses that have 500 employees or less that that qualify for this finance, uh, for this program. Uh, I have a very good friend of mine who is the uh, legal counsel for a major museum uh, that has close to 500 employees. They got $4.7 million in PPP money. Uh, another business that we were talking to, one of our, um, one of our clients, 150 employees, they got two and a half million. They've got the money. So again, most of you are going to end up with between one and $300,000 is the numbers that we're seeing. So it's very important that you understand that this money could run out. So, you know, will they give you the choice to take it when you want? As of this moment, April 12th, 2020 at 537 Pacific time. No, they, no, you can't. <laughs> so, you know, what, what do we do? You know, it's time to start thinking about if these approvals are coming. I just sent an email to all of my clients, all of the people that I know, the professionals, the consultants, the bankers, um, in, uh, in the attorneys in, in, in the dental profession that I work with here in Southern California, basically saying, you're going to start getting these approvals. We need to talk about your options. And again, your options are you take the money, you start using it for payroll costs, or you wait, wait until we get the guidance and see exactly what we're supposed to do. Um, you basically don't take the money and uh, you wait and rolls, as my late dad used to say, he used to go to Vegas a bit. You rolls your dice and you takes your chances. Not proper English, but that's what you'd be doing. The third option you have is to say, you know what? I'm not going to take this money. I'm not going to take this money. And this is another option that you should look at. What you might say is, you know what? I think I'm in good enough financial shape that if I, that I can weather 90 days and I've got a retirement plan. Remember, we talked about this on the last, uh, on the last podcast is that you can take a loan from your retirement plan up to $100,000 or 100% of your vested interest in your retirement plan. And if you have a spouse that's been working for you, that spouse can do the same. You might have $200,000 right there. So you know what? I'm, I think I'm in good shape. I got money in my bank account. Um, I don't necessarily think I need this money. I think I'm good. And I'm not going to take the PPP loan. I'm not going to apply for it. That's going to be the, uh, the minority of people, not the majority of people who are going to uh, not take the money. But if you don't, there are two other options you have. I'm not going to get deep into these, but there is a um, an employee retention tax credit that you can take, which is up to 50% of what you pay employees up to a maximum of $10,000. So the maximum credit 
is uh, you know $5,000 per employee. Well, if you don't bring a lot of your people back and you don't take the PPP money, I've been reading some things that in, in, a, in some rare instances, if you're not going to take the PPP money, then this credit is a good thing for you. Uh, I will tell you that we at the Academy of Dental CPAs have done the calculations 42 times to Sunday, and I guess this is Sunday, uh, and we have determined that uh, the PPP is generally a much better financial result than the employee retention credit, but the employee retention credit is available, and it does make sense in certain limited circumstances. You also have the ability, and <laughs> they put this out too, right? So you have the ability to, uh, and, and by the way, you cannot take the employee retention credit if you do get a PPP loan. You also can't take the payroll tax deferral, which you are allowed to defer the employer portion of your payroll taxes, your federal payroll taxes, um, until 2021 and 2022 if you so choose. You cannot do that if you did take uh, a PPP loan. So, and you, and I think it says if you have forgiveness of that PPP loan. Um, so however, you can defer your payroll tax liability up until the date that you get the PPP loan. So good luck in remembering in 2021 and 2022 that I have to pay these payroll taxes. Uh, good luck with that. I mean, that, that's just, I, I'm not recommending this deferral of payroll taxes. I don't think it's good for anybody. So. At the end of the day, the decision is up to you. And let me give you one more really good piece of advice um, and my thoughts. Not really advice, it's just my thoughts. So, you know, we all want you to get the forgiveness. We understand the conundrum that you have, that you're going to get this money and you're going to be paying it to workers who might be very happy on unemployment um, and who are not going to be working for you. But what you might consider doing is using this money to pay them. And this is an, and I think I talked about this on the last uh, podcast. I'm going to talk about it again. I think it is a great opportunity to gain to gain goodwill with your team. Um, I have a um, uh, a dental group, uh, very prominent dentists uh, whose names you would know in this country. Who, when I had this conversation, and I've been consulting very very closely with them, uh, and they basically, when I gave them the options, just like I'm giving you right now, they stopped me. They said, Art, you don't need to go any further. As soon as we get this money, no matter what it costs for the difference, we're putting everybody back on full payroll. We're going to start doing some training. We're going to start, um, you know, we're, we're going to start uh, getting ready for when this thing opens and when we get on the other side of this. And this is a great opportunity to show leadership as the leader of your team and say, that it is more important to me, even if this doesn't get forgiven, that you you, my, my team has a paycheck and you can pay your bills. So I don't really care about the forgiveness. Not that we don't care, but it is more important to me that we do this. Now, with that said, team, here's what I want to do. We're going to get on some Zoom webinars. We're going to do all the training and all the teaching that we've wanted to do in this practice for the last 20 years that we just never seem to have the time for. We're going to, we're going to talk about 
verbal skills and how do we how do we do that handoff between the dental assistant who brings the patient from the chair after the appointment to the treatment coordinator who's going to start talking to the patient about their options for treatment and how are we going to bring the 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 patient um from the um from the chair to the front desk and say now Remember, Mrs. Smith, Dr. Jones said that, that she really wants to, he, you know, she really wants to schedule for that crown. And Mary, I, I know in our morning huddle, we have a 10, 10 o'clock opening on Tuesday, the 27th. Yep, that's right. Uh, and, and let's get this done. All the training of how do we do that? How do we do the verbal skills in our office? How do we work on our hygiene? Um, our hygiene system in the office. How, you know, what are the protocols for that? Um, we want to implement sleep apnea uh, procedures in our office. How do we do that? We want to do some training. Uh, we just want to do all these things. Here's the opportunity if you're paying your employees to step up as a leader and to number one, show that you care about them. Not that you don't, because there is financial, you know, ramifications to all this. But to also do all the things in your dental office that you've never had an opportunity to do, you are never, I hope and pray, that you never get this opportunity again. Nobody ever wants to go through this again. This is not a good thing. Well, I'll tell you what. I always wonder when I do these podcasts myself whether I'm going to have enough to talk about. But uh, as my friends and my family, uh, my wonderful wife, Lynn, we're going to celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary here in just under a month. And um, I am on, uh, I think I'm on day 28 here of working at home and we're doing great. And she's just amazing. And my my two sons are doing well um, and uh, they're both healthy uh, Knockwood, and we hope it stays that way. And I hope that your family is uh, is healthy too. Please stay away from people. The more we stay away from people, the sooner we stay away from people, the sooner we can all get back to work. This will pass. Failure is not an option here. So I always wonder if I have enough to talk about. Well, we have had an hour's worth to talk about. So um, I want to give you some information one more time. If you want any of the resources that you, that I've been talking about, our spreadsheet that talks about how you figure out how much money you need, uh, we've sent that out to hundreds of dentists. Uh, it's, uh, it's available. Email me at artweederman at gmail.com. If you want the resources, the, uh, the webinar, we did a great webinar on April the 9th. Um, and, and that's recorded and you can listen to it and you have, and it also has a link to a PPP calculator. If you haven't applied for that yet, go to www.hmwccpa.com and go to our coronavirus page and it's all right there. All the, all the things we've put up. I've written five letters since March the 16th, uh, about, about all this to our clients and, and, and our friends in the dental profession. Um, Go to uh, www.decisionsanddentistry.com. Go to their website. They've got great resources, great articles, great continuing education. Uh, it, it's just one of the best publications there is in dentistry today. And if you're not working with a dental-specific CPA, everyone, please, please, please go to our website, www.adcpa.org. Uh, go to our members listing. I have been uh, able to send uh, many of you who have asked me on my Gmail account to, to to our members and 
given you their uh, information, and you will not be sorry. I have, like I said in the last one, I'll say it again. Uh, I have the utmost respect. I've never, I've been involved in a lot of trade groups in my, you know, 40 plus years in the CPA profession, in the accounting profession. I've been in different groups. I have never, ever, ever been in a group and been part of a group that has such incredible men and women as the Academy of Dental CPAs. I mean, the caring about all the nuances and how to help our doctors and, and these people, we're all working seven days a week and we're talking to doctors on on Saturdays and Sundays and in the evenings and I'm seeing emails come at one in the morning. I, I kid you not. Uh, these people are absolutely dialed into the dental profession and if you are having trouble making critical decisions at this critical point in your career, uh, www.adcpa.org is where you need to go. Well, with that, I think I'm done for the day. I'm done for this podcast. You will be able to hear it on the 15th of April. Um, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, failure is not an option. Um, I pray for each and every one of you, for each and every one of us, everyone in this country. Uh, if you have uh, a family member or a friend uh, that is among, sadly, the over 20,000 people in the United States who have lost their lives to this Corona-19 virus, um, my heart goes out to you. We pray for you. Uh, we wish you all nothing but uh, safety. Please stay safe. Keep your family safe. Keep your spirits up. This is going to come to an end. Um, have trust in your leadership, in your state, in your country. We have no choice uh, but to, to trust them, and they are doing everything that they can to try and navigate this very, very difficult situation as best as they can, um, you know, navigating between the public health risk versus the economic risks that we have. And with that, I will tell you best of luck. And if you need anything, email me at artwiedermangmail.com. My legacy, as I've said in the last two podcasts, and I will continue to say, the dental profession has been so kind to me and so wonderful to me over 30 for 33 years and it has allowed me to to make a, a very very nice living to raise my family raise my children put them through college i am indebted to the dental profession and i've devoted my career to it and this is my give back i want to help as many people as i possibly can um to give them advice. Um, I was on the phone earlier today with a wonderful dentist uh, in Michigan, and she and I were just talking about life and what she's doing. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. She's what a wonderful lady she was, what she is. And, and just, I, I just love talking to people. So I'm going to continue to do that. So God bless all of you, and uh, you will hear from me every week until this is over, and then for a long time afterwards. This is it for this edition of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.